0: And the word balanced, it means to have uh, different elements in your life in the correct proportion. To have different elements in the correct proportion. So we're going to talk about a variety of things in our Christian walk and and let's see how you rank in those. Are you strong in those areas? Are you weak in those areas? Are there uh, things that you can do to improve those areas in your walk? Or do you feel like you're just good enough? I hope that that's not how you feel because we all need to grow spiritually, don't we? In all the areas, even in the strongest parts. Uh, Thank you, Blue, for reading Matthew chapter five. Uh, That's where we're going to be first, but I want us to think about this verse, as, and I'll use it as we begin each lesson. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The key to our Christian lives, the key to us being successful in our daily walks with God is we must be fruitful in every good work, amen? Everything that we do, however we do it, we must be fruitful in it. And if we're not bearing fruit in a certain area of our life, we need to be striving to get that way. Well, how do we get... Uh, to where we bear fruit, we gain knowledge. We continually gain knowledge and therefore, we begin to bear fruit in whatever that area is. And that's what uh, Blue read this morning. We're gonna be looking at making an impact on the world. Now think about that. Making an impact on the world. We as the ambassadors for Christ. Because brethren, if you're a Christian, you are an ambassador for Christ. And an ambassador for Christ has been given an assignment. Y'all know what that assignment is, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now that can be taken lightly, but if you had to ask uh, yourself this question and you had to give an answer for it, have we lost our influence on the world? Have we lost our influence on the world around us, in our communities? Have we lost our influence on those people that we come in contact with every day? Matthew 5 verses 13 through 16, I'm going to read just a little bit of it. Verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And then verse 14 says this, You are the light of the world. I want to focus on two characteristics this morning. That if we take serious in our Christian walk, we'll change who we are. Yes, Matt, we've heard a lesson on this all the time about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And Matt, you use it all the time in your lessons. Absolutely. You want to know why that's so important to me? And why it should be so important to us? Because that's what we are. We're the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And I wanna dig a little bit into that and I want to uh, think about the uh, uses of salt. What are its uses? You know, Jesus refers to the very first thing right there. It is a flavoring. Think about what Jesus says. You are the salt of the earth, but if a salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Now, think about this. Flavoring means a substance used to give a different, stronger, or more agreeable taste to food or drink. Think about the spiritual application right there. Do you see it already? a substance used to give a different stronger or more agreeable taste to food or drink you know i did a little bit of research on this probably enough to get me in trouble and i'm sure somebody'll get me straightened out on it so and that's okay but salt brings a different taste to your food, right? Me and James will go to McDonald's and they are real stingy about giving you any more than just one packet of salt, right? Or pepper. You got to ask and then they'll give it to you, but salt and pepper give uh, a different taste to our food. You know, low amounts reduce bitterness. Large amounts suppress sweetness. Now, that's all depending on you personally, right? but it enhances the flavor. Now, we as Christians should bring a different taste to the world. Amen? We should bring a different taste to the world. We should enhance the flavor of Christianity. We should be the ones who show people why Christianity tastes so good. How do we act from day to day? Are we hateful? Are we nice? Do we have a bad attitude about every single thing that we do? Do others hear it? Do others see it? Are we constantly uh, complaining? Think about those things. Think about the importance of what we bring to the world. Because if we don't do it, they're not gonna see it, amen? If we don't bring it and show them the difference between Christianity and worldly living, they're not going to see it. I want us to think about Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And uh, those who are sitting in the back tell me if it's too small afterwards, and I'll try to make it bigger. Uh, I'm trying to adjust to this uh, like you guys too. But Galatians 2, 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Brethren, have you been crucified with Christ? Because if you have, this should be who you are. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh uh, by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Why do I live like I should live? Why do I bring this enhanced flavor to the world? Because God loved me so much that he gave himself for me. Amen? Isn't that an encouraging thing to think about? Well, what else? What else does, uh, are the uses for salt? This is good stuff, y'all. It's a preservative. A preservative is something that maintains uh, the original or existing state. Uh, You know, the ancient world used salt as a preservative to uh, keep things from going uh, bad, right? They'd put the salt on it and uh, what it would do is it would reduce the water activity and allow uh, the uh, bacterias to not grow on the food. Therefore, it would be preserved until you wanted to use it again. Think about this. Christians, and here's the deal. If you ain't prepared for this, if you ain't doing your job as a Christian, you'll struggle in this area. Look at what Jude uh, 3 says, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Doesn't Ephesians 4.4 say there's one body? Doesn't Ephesians 4.4 say there's one faith? Doesn't Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 also say that there's one baptism and there's one Lord. One, one, one. There's only one faith. Are we preserving that? Are we ready when somebody asks us why we do what we do? Are we ready to be able to talk to them about it? Are we excited to talk to them about it? Or do we just struggle through it? As a Christian, somebody who is the salt of the earth, we have to be able to do this. Because it's the same thing. It's the same thing that got passed down from Jesus' mouth to the apostles to us today. Amen? It is the exact same thing. What else uh, are the uses of salt? It's an antiseptic. You know, when you have a sore throat, what do you do? You gargle with salt water, right? I remember I had a cut on my finger one time and went to the ocean and got in the ocean for a week and that cut was gone at the end of the week. That salt got on there and it started healing that cut up, didn't it? Now, it hurt a little bit at first when I got it in there, but it started to heal it up. You know, the first century would use that salt in the same way. It would use it to heal these wounds. It would, uh, they would use it for uh, things that were hurt. They would put this salt on it and it would help it heal up. Think about that. Think about how we as Christians should be like an antiseptic to the world. Sometimes it hurts to tell the truth, don't it? You know, we talked about it a little bit in class. You don't ever want to tell a buddy of yours that you really care about the truth, do we? Because we're afraid that it may hurt their feelings, or we're afraid that it may make them sad or mad at us, right? Now, do we have to say it in a hateful way? Do we have to say it in a harmful way? But brethren, the truth is the truth. And if they get a a little bit upset and end up turning and coming to the truth, isn't that what we want? I would rather you be mad for me for a short time and be saved forever than to never have even gotten mad at me and be in hell for eternity. It's real stuff. This is real life situations. If the world doesn't get it, brethren, they won't be saved. And it comes from us. Jesus gave us the mission. (laughs) He says, you know what? I know you guys appreciate what I did for you. And I know you appreciate it so much that can't nobody stop you from going and telling people about me. Is that true in your life? Or have we just become so complacent that as James said, hey, man, I just got to do this today. And then I got to get back to thinking about my work, man. Hey, and I understand we got jobs, and I understand that we got things that we got to do. Trust me, I know it. But if that guy that you're working to has never heard about Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Look at what this verse says. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, to die no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that how we're living? Is that the message that we're trying to bring to the world? Death doesn't have to be a part of your life anymore. You can beat it. You know, we are going to live somewhere forever, right? But where do you want to spend eternity? Separated from a man who loved you so much that he died for you? Do you want to be separated forever from somebody who cared enough to say, you know what, I know you can't fix it. And I don't want any payment other than you just doing what I tell you to do. And I'll make you better. Are we going out and telling people those things? Are we this antiseptic? What about this one? Salt makes you thirsty, don't it? And I've, I, I looked this up, and it's, depending on what diet you're on, it will say whether you're really thirsty or not. And I think it may be because they want to skew you to do their diet, right? But I was reading it a little bit, and uh, listen to this. If the body takes in too much salt, the body is amazing. Watch this. If the body takes in too much salt, it goes on alert. And it sends the message that you need water. You know, when you get thirsty, it's not because you just all of a sudden got thirsty. Your body is working. Your body's saying, you need some water in, in me. I need some water right now. So you need to go get it. You need to get to the fountain. You need to get wherever you need to go. But I need water to take in because there's something that's not right in the body. Well, if you have too much salt in your body, it sends it so it can dilute the salt so it can work properly in your body. Now watch this, the kidneys, they'll also slow down and keep you uh, from going to the restroom. Why? Because it's preserving water. Isn't that amazing? I mean, to tell me that a creator didn't make something like that, I just cannot. It blows my mind. That was just a side uh, Dr. Matt moment, but <clears throat> Derek's kind of doctoring and we're kind of working on some doctorate type stuff. But um, Christians should be living in such a way that people want what we got, huh? People want what we got. If I'm thirsty and you got some Gatorade, I'm gonna be like, look, man. (laughs) I'll hold my mouth away from it and drop it in. I won't put my mouth on the on the on the lip of it, but I'm gonna I need a drink, man. I mean, just pour it in my hand or something, right? I'm gonna get a drink are we attractive? Do we have that sweet smelling aroma that Corinthians talks about? Look at this. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now think about that. We become such an attraction that they become thirsty spiritually. (laughs) Now watch this. I can give you something that will never make you thirsty again. You wanna know why I act like I act? You wanna know why I'm so excited to be a Christian? You wanna know why I do all these things? Because I ain't thirsty like you. I'm not thirsty because I've drunk of the water that springs up into everlasting life. Don't you want this? Are we talking to people about this? Or does it just not really matter? Does it just not really matter anymore? Has it just become what we do, and it's just like, you know what, Uh, maybe somebody will come in the door, maybe not. Maybe we'll invite somebody, maybe not. It just doesn't really matter. Hey, the church will never end, right? And we just use it as an excuse to not ever talk about anybody. You want to know how you make your life better? You want to know how you make uh, the things in your life a lot better? Start talking to somebody about Jesus. Watch how it changes who you are. Watch it. Take your, take your eyes off of you just for a second and start talking about spiritual things with somebody and see what happens. Man, I had the pleasure this week to talk to several people about Bible things. And you know what? When they left, it motivated me. Man, it made me so excited. It made me want to tell somebody else about it. Now, uh, whether you're talking about Noah, whether you're talking about Joseph, whether you're talking about whoever, Does it really matter? Is it that big of a deal or is it just whatever? Jesus says, you, brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, are the salt of the earth. Have you lost your flavor? Do you have no flavor? Because if you don't, if you're not the salt that he's talking about, the end of verse 13 says that you'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So do you have a choice to be that salt or not? Absolutely. This isn't binding. One day it will be binding, though, when you stand in front of judgment. But right now, while you're living, while you have the opportunity, you can say yay or nay. I'm going to do what God wants me to do, or I'm just going to keep on living the way I'm living because i got a good life. I got good stuff going on. Why change that and add a little bit more Jesus? I got great stuff going on. Don't you know that God gave you all that anyway? Huh? Everything that we got comes from him. Do we show any appreciation for that? Think about this, the light. What are its uses? I'm telling you what, brethren, this lesson right here has set me straight. It just seems like every lesson that I prepare for gets me straighter and straighter. I hope that I just never sin again. I want to go talk to somebody about Jesus right now. If you got somebody that's curious, holler at me. I'll go with you. I won't say nothing. I won't step on your toes. I won't steal your thunder, man. I just want to be a part of it. I just want to hear it. And I want to give you a hug afterwards. What are its uses? It dispels darkness. Now, think about this. It makes a doubt or a belief disappear. It dispels darkness. You remember in John chapter 1? Look at it real quick. John chapter 1. When it talks about the Word, it says, Uh, John chapter 1 verse 3, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And verse 5, catch it, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. It didn't comprehend it. Light dispels darkness. It don't even know what to do with it. Are we shining our light? 1 Peter 2, 9 says that we're this, brethren. We're a chosen generation. And not only a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do we appreciate, appreciate being added to his marvelous light? He brought us out of darkness. He brought us out of a place where we couldn't see. And he put in front of us light in abundance. It dispelled darkness. What else? What are its uses? Light. It reveals. It reveals. As Christians, we are the example to the world about the truth. You see, make previously unknown or the secret information known to others. What's the secret we got, brethren? Man, we got a good one, right? What's 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7 say? For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light, here it is, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Brethren, are we, when was the last time, answer this question to yourself, you talked to somebody else about Jesus Christ? Not just are you having a good day, hey, you want to come to church? When was the last time you stepped out and said, you know what, I want to tell you about this guy that I know. And I don't care if you really don't want to hear it. Just give me a minute, man. You're my buddy. I just want to tell you about something that changed my life, about a person who made me different, this guy named Jesus. God commanded light to shine out of darkness. And he's shown it in our hearts if we're a child of God to give light Give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we, verse 7, have this treasure in earthen vessels. We got the treasure in our vessel. And when we shine it, we tell people about the power of God. Man. Man. You get to be a part of that. Godly stuff, big stuff, big time stuff, not baby stuff. You get to be a part of representing and showing people the CEO of the company, man, the owner of this deal. And he wants you to do it. He wants you to go tell everybody about him and he will change their life too. Does that even matter to us? Is it not even that big of a deal? What else? What are its uses? it awakens. See how these things build on each other? It rouses from sleep. It causes one to stop sleeping. You know when you flip on the light? That's what we did at the camp out. It was early. Libby. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's laughing. He knows. I was flipping them lights on. We got to get up, Right? I'll just flip these lights on. Everybody will start waking up, and lo and behold, everybody started waking up when the lights started coming on. Think about that. Think about what that means. Are we living and sharing the reality of Jesus and the way that He lives and the things that He does to others? Are we telling them about God and the calling that he's given to every single person? You remember what Ephesians 5, 14 says? It says, therefore he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Wake up, man. It's time for you to be different. God's got big plans for you. Didn't he tell Saul that? Well, brethren, that ain't changed. God has big plans for you, and he's got big plans for me. Are we excited about that? Are we excited that God cares enough to give us responsibilities to help further his kingdom? You can do it yourself. But it's so hard for us to do that because we can't take our eyes off of somebody that's real pretty, right? We can't take our eyes off that one person that's just so cute. Man, even if my hair ain't cutting, it still look good, right? I mean, I love this suit on me, man. It looks really good on me. I'm glad I got these new shoes. Look at them, man. Hold on, let me move the mirror up a little bit closer to me. Are we out trying to awaken people? Look at this one, and I'm about done. What are its uses? It warns. Doesn't it? The lighthouse, when it shines out in the sea, what is it doing? It's warning the boats. You know, the police cars, as they pull through with the lights on, hopefully you're not getting pulled over, but it's warning you better get over, right? The fire trucks, the emergency Uh, EMT same thing when that light is shining it's giving us a warning and this one's hard for us sometimes this one is a hard one are we informing people about the impending danger that Jesus Christ could come back and they could be lost if they're not in him does that conversation even get brought up anymore in your life Think about this verse, brethren. We know it. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Don't be tricked. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will enter the kingdom of God. That's not my opinion. That's not what I uh, thought up. That's not the list that I made up. It says it right out of God's Word. Are we talking to people who are in these types of situations? Not condemning them and judging them and beating them down so far into the ground that they can't even stand up. Are you trying to find a way to get to them and help them? Hey, are we there to judge them or are we there to help their soul? That's the question. Do we want to just judge them and tell them all the things that they've done wrong so we can feel better? Or do we go and we try to talk to them because we really care about them being obedient to God's word and making heaven their home? Are we the lighthouse? Hey, man, I want to tell you, man, Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. And you know the things that you've been doing, man. I mean, I used to buy drugs from you. You really think that's what God would want you to do? You really think that that's what God wants you to do and and be a part of your life or not? And we could go with any example. I don't know who you deal with. I don't know who you talk to. I don't know uh, the people that are around you, but do we just say things just to say it or do we say things with purpose? Because we care about their soul, and we care about their life. Hey, man, that's a big thing for our kids, ain't it, parents? Are we saying things to our kids to try and help them? Do we want them to be here, not because we're forcing them, but because we know that this is where they need to be to be able to learn God's truth? And maybe I don't feel like coming one night, but shouldn't I sacrifice my Didn't somebody else do that? Didn't somebody else die not even having to? But he did it for us. Sometimes when you may not feel good, maybe you just say, you know what, we're going anyway. And I'm not saying if you're really sick, be here. You know what I'm talking about. Have we made the commitment? Have we made the dedication for two things? And I'm done. Are we the salt of the earth? Are we the light of of the world. Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth if you're a Christian. And if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? Brethren, we are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill and it can't be hidden. I've heard Danny say it in his lesson several times, and boy, isn't that a great verse? A city that is set on a hill can't be hidden, can it? No, it's shining. It's on the hill. It can't be covered up. Is that what we are? Verse 15 says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Are you a light to people around you? Brethren, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And when they see your good works, you can tell them, hey... To the glory of God, I do this. I do this to bring glory and honor to my Father who is in heaven because I love him and I'm so thankful for what he did for me. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. My friend, I would say, why would you wait and miss an opportunity to be added to the greatest kingdom ever, a kingdom that'll never end? You know, men's kingdom will always fall. They'll always fade away. You can look in history and see uh, how many powerful kingdoms ain't even around today. But you can belong to a kingdom that will never end. And when you die, you don't die and just go to the dust and never live anymore. No, one day you'll get to be in heaven. Isn't that a great place to be? Isn't that a great place to think about? Jesus said he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You can be saved. You can be forgiven of your sins and you can be found right in God's eyes. But maybe you're here. I want to talk to the brethren. Hey, just get real with yourself. Are you struggling? Are there some things that are going on in your lives that you're not doing right? Are there some things that you need to improve on as far as being salt and light to the world? Make it right today. When we stand and we sing this song, close your eyes and ask God to forgive you. If you need prayers, whatever you need. If you're going through a tough time and you need some support, brethren, we here. Why be embarrassed to be around brethren? Amen? Why be embarrassed to come down here and say, hey, I need some prayers? Isn't that what we're here for? I hope that somebody doesn't come down here and we pray and we hug them and then when we walk out the door, we talk bad about them. I hope that's not what we do. I know that's not what we do. Is it, brethren? If you need prayers, if you need to obey the gospel, I love y'all so much and so thankful to be here. Let's change the world, brothers and sisters. Let's do it. Come right now. Together we stand and sing.